episode 171 of the biz talk with bill roy podcast hard to believe 171 right daniel you've been on about 168 and a half of them <laughs> uh, is it only 171 already <laughs> three years yeah, yeah. Wow. the wichita That's business journal created this podcast because we want to provide you with some insight into the people places companies organizations and issues that are important to wichita's business community glimmers of hope maybe We've got some positive news that came out this week on the 737 MAX. The hope, obviously, is that the MAX is closer to recertification and getting back into the air, and that Boeing and Spirit are closer to getting production ramped up again. One concern, Spirit's going to stop making ventilators. We'll see where that goes. I'll talk about all that with aviation and manufacturing reporter Daniel McCoy in this episode. First, the big story in the weekly edition of the Wichita Business Journal. We're calling it the MBA Reboot. Masters in business administration programs around the country are alive and well these days. More women are getting their MBAs, more people of color, and there are more programs. It looks like the pandemic has accelerated changes, making this graduate degree more valuable to students than ever before. Our coverage begins on page 11. This week, we spend 10 minutes with Chris Harmon. He's the new general manager of operations at Occidental Management, page 31. This week's list, the Wichita area's largest private companies, that's on page six. It is part of our mission to help you grow your business. Each week, we provide business intelligence on new real estate deals, bankruptcies, building permits, new corporations, who owes back taxes, court judgments. Our lead section this week begins on page 24. Equity Bank has been our sponsor from the start, episode one. Equity Bank means business. That's why they've created business solutions to help you solve your business challenges. Visit them today at equitybank.com. Well, Daniel, we have been waiting and watching for positive news about the 737 MAX. We finally got some this week, or I think we got some this week. Talk about those stories you wrote about. Yeah, there's uh, some growing momentum on uh, uh, finally a return to service for the 737 MAX. Uh, been grounded, of course, since March of 2019. And when that originally happened after those two uh, tragic accidents, you know, there was, uh, I, you know, most speculation I was seeing in the industry was, you know, it's going to be a couple months. They'll figure uh, the software bugs out and and we'll have the plane back and of course, that hasn't happened, and that's stretched on for for uh, well over a year, year and a half at this point. And of course, we've seen the impact locally uh, with jobs and production work here on that. And I'm sure we'll talk a little bit about that. But yeah, uh, most recently, uh, we're starting to see, um, like I said, some positive movement towards uh, recertification from a variety of regulators around the world. Um, with the FAA and the U.S., they had already completed uh, their certifi- recertification flights uh, earlier this summer. So they are they've put out their proposed fixes. Um, it's primarily related to the software system that was in question called MCAS. Uh, there are uh, some wiring changes, location changes that they're going to have Boeing make, but those were unrelated actually. Um, to those accidents, but something they discovered in kind of a fine tooth combing through the aircraft as part of this process. So they've put that out there. That's in a public comment period right now in the U.S., and that lasts through September uh, 20th. 
So even more recently than that, we've had Transport Canada, which is the, the Canadian equivalent of the FAA. They've conducted their own recertification flights. And now we have EASA, which is the European regulator. They are doing some simulator work this week and then are planning to do their own recertification flights um, next week. So uh, we have multiple regulators now that are flying the plane, seeing these changes firsthand, getting a better sense of, of what will have to be done training wise and things like that. And um, so it's building towards a return and some of their customers are looking at that now as well. So as we reported this week, um, American Airlines uh, is looking at an October recertification in the US, which theoretically could fit if the public comment period closes September 20th and then they uh, uh, you know, cross the final T's and dot the final I's you know, from a regulatory aspect. Uh, what Boeing has said to us before that they will consider return official when the ungrounding order is lifted by the FAA. So that'll happen and then airlines will uh, have to make the needed changes. Um, for the most part, the software upgrades will not be too intensive. The, the wiring bundles will take maybe a little more effort um, but they'll get that figured out pretty quickly. So what American is saying, if all goes as planned and there aren't any more schedule slips, they want to put seven of their 737 maxes. I believe they had 24 already. They want to put seven of them back into their fleet in the second half of December. So you could see it around that Christmas travel season. I'm going to base those out of Miami, according to reports, but um, no actual route schedule has been published yet. So we don't know where they'd be flying, but um, it would be, uh, honestly, uh, uh, I, I would have lost a bet if if you had said, will you be able to fly domestically on a 737 MAX before the end of the year? I didn't think that would happen until at least the first quarter next year at the point we were at. So, yeah, just like you said, there's some positive momentum on the regulatory side, and, and it really does feel like this is getting closer to a reality after uh, just such a long waiting game and i think we all got a little jaded by all the delays and and boeing certainly backed off making its own projections and so um so it, it's looking much more likely that uh, we'll see the max back in the air soon and also it's a sign that these regulators despite some reported friction given some of the scrutiny that the faa's uh, gone through as uh people have dug into how the max was originally certified and that relationship between the regulator and the manufacturer um, there'd been some question how closely aligned um like a transport canada and a yasa would work with them and th they seem to be lining up fairly closely so it looks like there's some some good cooperation still there so yes positive signs this week and and that's uh some good news for wichita you're right we we've we've been jaded because so many times we heard well it's <laughs> going to be third quarter of 19 okay oh, yeah. fourth oh, yeah. quarter of 19 ah yep. it's going to come pretty soon then of course big changes at, at boeing because of all this uh are should we keep our powder dry should we be excited yeah. about this um it, it's certainly as i said closer than than it's been uh before uh just mainly because you have the regulators actually flying on the aircraft so that's that's a really big milestone step in and of course the original certification process of any aircraft but uh in this recertification process that was going to be one of the biggies so especially after the faa flew it um that meant they had really gone through found everything that 
they could find that they felt would be needed to uh, recertify the aircraft. And they've put that out there. And uh, the good thing about their proposal is there wasn't anything necessarily that really would have blindsided Boeing or anyone in the industry. It was all kind of in line, I think, with what they were planning on needing to fix. So that should, you know, hopefully they've been planning towards that. So, um, yeah, I mean, it's hard to to not keep your keep your guard up a little bit. Just like you say, it, it kept slipping and kept slipping. And, and of course here that, that meant jobs, uh, you know, in right. the long run. So, um, but you know, uh, certainly early next year, I'm sure you'll, uh, uh, have them flying somewhere. And, and I think it looks like at this point, barring any major delays, certainly recertification in the U S anyway, uh, by the end of the year has, as Boeing has, has most recently hoped. Does everybody have to sign off on it? Can the can they start flying after the FAA recertifies, or do they need to to hold out for Canada's approval and Europe's approval? It, it'll really depend on the airspace that that those planes would be flying in. So uh, theoretically, you could see like an American flying them in December from Miami to another U.S. location domestically. Uh, domestically if the FAA has signed on it even if other regulators haven't but so um, in the past it's been pretty much lockstep with these regular the, once the FAA signs off on something pretty much every other regulator does at exactly the same time so uh, even the fact that they're conducting their own certification flights and their own independent reviews does show some of that that schism between uh, you know like an IASA and and the FAA, but uh, domestically, once the grounding order is lifted and then uh, the planes are upgraded, um, at one point the FAA was talking about individually uh, having to recertify planes as they came back online for the airline. So that'll be an issue as well. But they'll um, they'll certainly be expediting it. Uh, airlines and Boeing alike. Boeing has said one of their big primary focuses uh, next year, and this is not necessarily good for us, is going to be getting, uh, in the long run it is, but not in the short term, uh, one of their big focuses will be getting the the fleets that airlines already had uh, upgraded and training that's required done and getting those back out uh, in, into service. And then, of course, there's the issue of the roughly 450 737 MAXs they've already built but didn't deliver after they stopped handing them over after the grounding. So they're going to focus on delivering those first, which, you know, that means uh, lower uh, production of new aircraft here. So um, I've been telling folks, you know, um, see it flying again by the end of 2020, early 2021. That's good news. Don't expect to see a huge bump in production in 2021. But, you know, 2022 could finally start to look good for us. And, and hopefully I'm wrong uh in in the good regard on that that production does uh pick back up sooner than than it kind of looks like it would yeah that was my next question we should probably keep in mind that this does not mean that thousands of people are going to be rushing back to their jobs and the production yeah. lines will be rolling along again it, it's it's going to be a process yeah uh interestingly uh i've talked to a couple sources out at spirit uh that are uh, uh on the production line actually and they've seen uh, a lot of tool 737 tooling being put in storage um, which kind of indicates they're expecting you know it's going to be a while until they need to be building anywhere near what they're building last year they were building right. 
52 a month last year, although I did have one person tell me they were hitting 57, uh, the rate 57 a month for a few weeks at one point last year before um, Boeing kind of backed them off, which was the eventual goal uh, of the program, get to 57 per month. So where we stand production-wise now, we know this year is going to be down from last year, about 90%. They're going to deliver from Wichita about 70 of those uh, fuselages and other components. Next year, um, Spirit has reportedly shared with lenders that they expect fewer than 200 deliveries next year. Um, They won't comment on that uh, specifically. They cited confidentiality um, with those lenders, but uh, there was a report uh, to that uh, effect. And Boeing has also backed off um, what it had expected in 2021. They thought they would get back to 31 per month next year on the 737. In their latest quarterly report, they pushed that back to early 2022, that 31 per month target. So 2021 is still really kind of a big question mark uh, as far as what actual specific production on the max uh, will be. We may get more insight into that, obviously, in third and fourth quarter earnings reports and things like that. But but right now, we just don't know exactly what it'll be. And again, with them working through that inventory, that's going to take priority. So um, if we can bridge the gap, though, I, I think until 2022, then we'll start to see some upticks. But uh, to be realistic, it may never get to where it was in 2019 again, because, of course, now you have the impact of COVID-19 on the air travel industry, and these customers just don't need the planes anymore. So right. um, it, you know, it, it it could be a long time, if ever, that we see 52 per month again on the 737 Max. Come on, vaccine, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, let's get flying again for sure. We also got some concerning news this week. Health and Human Services says it has all the ventilators it needs. 700 people at Spirit were shifted over to that work. What happens there? That's uh, that's another question mark uh, right now that that uh, we just uh, it could uh, unfortunately lead to more job losses locally. Um, those 700 folks. So this was a partnership between Spirit and a company uh, based out of Chicago called Viare Medical, and they really rapidly uh, and it's it's really a success story and has been touted as such by local officials since. But they took 700 people that had been slated for layoffs and moved them to this project. Um, building uh, ventilators uh, to help with the fight against COVID-19. And at that point, HHS was, uh, you know, very aggressively signing contracts to fill the national strategic stockpile. Uh, Mayor Brandon Whipple actually said this morning during his briefing that um, they went from uh, what was an industry standard of building about 25 ventilators a week, this production facility that Spirit, they set it up out at the campus of Eisenhower Airport, actually an old Honeywell building out there with Bayer. They are up to making 500, the uh, capability of making 500 a day. So, you know, they took these aircraft workers, you know, repositioned them uh, and, and put them on a, a whole different, not not just product, but a whole different industry and and leverage those capabilities and ramped up really fast. Um, but the news came out this week that uh, the that strategic national stockpile is apparently full already um, due to some other contracts that, that came through and maybe weren't necessarily expected to have moved that rapidly. So they are canceling an order, the, the remaining, uh, it, it was, uh, 
the Vier and Spirit will deliver no more than 4,000 ventilators. When that project was announced, they expected to deliver 22,000. So uh, quite a quite a significant drop off and and some kind of unfortunate news um, because it does the project was expected to last through at least October and now. Um, Spirit says it's been helping supply to the international market, so we'll see how that plays out. If there's an opportunity there, uh, Senator Jerry Moran is in Wichita today. He's actually, uh, uh, I believe, touring that facility and and talking about things. You know, maybe potential federal backstops, things like that. So we'll have to see how it plays out. But um, uh, unfortunately, the most likely scenario is that it means an earlier than expected layoff for another 700 spirit workers. And there are about 300 workers for Vier out there too. So about a thousand people all together. And, and uh, just to be clear, uh, it wasn't just Vier Spirit that had cancellations. There were other companies that HHS has said, hey, we're full, we don't need all these anymore. So um, a company called Hamilton and about the same discrepancy from what they will build from what they expected to build. So, uh, but it's a, like I said, it's a great example of of quickly diversifying your workforce and and finding another, you know, potential revenue stream and, and just doing what needs to be done. So if nothing else, hopefully they can use that as, as a success story to kind of diversify the portfolio in the future. But we'll see how that all plays out. Could be fun. Uh, we've got another company coming to town, Ag Eagle. They're coming in from the Odisha. They're a drone company. Yeah. Talk about uh, how important that is and what's the latest there. Well, they are. They are in the process of moving this month to their uh, new facility up by uh, Jabara Airport, uh, Northeast Wichita. Uh, the big kicker here is who their neighbor is going to be, and that's uh, Amazon, little company you might have heard of named Amazon, um, and their new distribution center up there. Uh, connecting the dots here, Ag Eagle's been touting a uh, significant quote-unquote e-commerce company as a huge driver of future growth for them since the third quarter last year. There's been some speculation that it could be Amazon, and of course you see the two moving nearby at the same time and and Amazon is working through some FAA uh, regulation now to to cl- get it clear for its uh, prime air program which is home uh, drone delivery delivery by drone so we have a, a drone manufacturer who incidentally hired this week a director of operations who had previously been at spirit um, helping on Airbus programs there and had been at Hawker Beechcraft before on the JPATS program. So some important and high volume aircraft programs here in Wichita. He'll be overseeing drone production and engineering here in Wichita. And and uh, if, you know, any, it, obviously uh, Amazon uh, has a bit of the Midas touch. So anything connected to Amazon can't be bad, I think, at this point. So, uh, but even if it's not, uh, just... The fact that they're so focused on home uh, package delivery using drones and just the potential size of that market, um, it'll be it'll be a good uh, addition, I feel, to Wichita. And eventually, um, local officials are saying it'll be about 60 full-time jobs here. But you never know how that that could grow and and what where these partnerships could could grow. So look for them to be moved in from Neosho to Wichita here uh, by the end of the month. So a little bit more of good news there. That's a good thing. So yeah, yeah, we'll take that. Any, we'll take any bits of good news we can get right now. Absolutely. Well, we've got one of the best aerospace reporters in the country right here. You can see all his stories at WichitaBusinessJournal.com. An easy way to see Daniel's stories. Sign up for our free daily emails. 
you won't miss a thing. Daniel, thanks. I appreciate it. You bet. Thank you. We are living in a new normal. We know you're facing the same set of circumstances. We invite you to help us tell your story. Please contact us if you want to share your experiences. You can reach me at broy at bizjournals.com. That's it for Business Talk with Bill Roy this week, episode 107. Hope you're doing well. Of course, now's the time to be innovative as you fight to survive and eventually prosper. Check out all our podcast episodes at our Biz Talk with Bill Roy hub. It's at wichitabusinessjournal.com. Thank you for listening and subscribing. Biz Talk with Bill Roy is a production of the Wichita Business Journal. Thanks to producer Brittany Showalter, and thanks very much to our sponsor, Equity Bank. Creating the business concept turned out to be the easy part. The challenges that follow is where Equity Bank comes in. Equity Bank was built by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Let them help your business evolve and solve your challenges. Tomorrow is here. Visit them today at equitybank.com backslash evolve. Be well and be safe. Have a profitable week.